Happy spring and welcome back. Now, if you've forgotten who we are, we are Joey and Paul, two Catholic teachers, talking about life. Life. Now, uh, it's been a while. Uh, Joseph, why is that? We've been busy. Yeah. Spring cleaning, uh, getting our grades in for the end of the quarter. Getting your ducks in a row. If you've That's got, the phrase, right? Getting yeah. ducks in a row? Geese in a row, ducks in a row. Oh, okay. Horses lined up. Those are all made up. Boys' lunch is back, but boys' lunch has been um, not boys' lunch for a little bit. I went on a little trip, so we weren't able to have boys' lunch. I do want to appreciate. I do appreciate the email we got from Jake, who said he was waiting around for a boys' lunch release. Um, he sent it a Thursday, and he's like, "I'm just sitting here Monday afternoon looking for my boys' lunch." So Jake, I always appreciate it. Also, want to do a shout out. Uh, we had a couple of people take us up on our offer. The first one was Teddy Johnson, who will be receiving some signed paraphernalia from boys lunch that's right because he was the first to donate uh and to put that boys lunch inspired him to do so we also had a young alum uh joseph shope scope scope uh more famous for being the brother of bobby yes and the son of bob shope the bob Shope, big bob um but yes joseph also donated and is now a member of that magi club so if you want to do that donate to blmccs.org or email kevin cook and as always follow us on instagram at boys lunch podcast and then emails at boyslunch1 at gmail.com if you have any questions or concerns we're back and that is magi m-a-g-i-i yeah just excuse me the magi club it is the week of giving here so it is that's if true. you are feeling like giving and you're you're gonna give anyway can you just put in the in the notes in the notes boys lunch. or when one of the students calls you like i wasn't gonna do this but boys lunch inspired me yes so yes we're here anyway spring is uh Pretty much right on the corner. I don't know when the official day of spring is, but it feels like it. The, the clocks have changed. Yeah. The uh, snow is melting. Absolutely. And it is light later. And so my mood, it feels greater. Tomorrow, uh, Paul and I have the junior retreat, the junior, junior day of recollection. recollection. Absolutely. Shout out Father Baker. We're excited. I don't know if the kids are completely excited. They are worried about the dress code, but we are going to have a good time. Yeah, we're going to the U of I. I don't know if you already said that. University of Illinois. The University of Illinois. The second, For our out-of-state listeners. Yeah, the second greatest university in Illinois. The first being? The Illinois State University. Which Paul is a graduate of. Absolutely. Go Redbirds. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, we're excited that we get to take them out. I, um, that'd be nice. It's going to be a beautiful day. Day off school. We've always done it in January, so it is nice to have it in March and hopefully have it a little be like nicer out. Gonna be able to go to the quad, a little bit of Maybe. tour, Maybe. inspirational talks. Maybe. <laughs> It'll be good though. We're excited for it. Yeah. It does uh it does feel like there's a shift in kind of the mood, right? We're coming out of the malaise of February, which is a month we now love. We love it. Stella. Um, but also um we're getting into the fourth quarter. There's a lot at the end of the tunnel for everybody. Yeah. Um yeah, today's the first day of fourth quarter, so I think uh, – I don't know if the students are feeling better. I was feeling good today. I love teaching. I love my job. But there is something about, like, you know, just how are you doing? Keep moving. You know? <laughs> hey, let's get this going, and uh, we've done all we can do. I do have a gift to give uh, Paul. Get out of here. So what is? I found this, like, hidden in a book. It is the Parententious for the Catholic Diocese of Peoria from 2011. Ooh, ooh. And so every day has a name of a seminariat. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can guess, Paul Rayburn was prayed for on, uh, where's your name at? Do you want to keep this at all? 
I actually have a copy still in my breviary. Uh, May 8th in 2011, Paul Rayburn was prayed for. So all of our faithful listeners, I want to I want to thank you for praying for me, whether you realized it or not. I was July a 16th as well. <laughs> for the Diocese of Peoria, and you prayed for me. So you already have one. You don't need Yes, one. I do have one of those. So I can just keep this for myself. Oh, for sure. Okay, yes. Yeah, I hope you're showing that to the students. I'm going to break out my prayer. It's like those prayers weren't like received, you know? Yeah. I think everything that God's will worked out for you. Absolutely. So I thank mean, you for the people that prayed for the seminarians because they made it so Paul found a wonderful wife. Right. And They're praying for our vocations, and my vocation was revealed through my time in the seminary. So beautiful. That's so beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> story for another time, though. Yes. <laughs> anything else going on? I mean, I think the people are dying to know. How was Newark, New Jersey? <laughs> so on February 28th, my wife and I, I almost said debarked, <laughs> embarked <laughs> on a journey, departed. Departed. Combining the two words, uh, to Italy. So our first stop, though, was the lovely Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. Shout out to Luke Swantek, a New Jersey native. Yes. Luke, I'm sorry. Newark Airport <laughs> and the area around it, not the greatest in the world, but I'm sure that people are wonderful. Uh, yeah, you're probably thinking, hey, did you really travel during this time when there's a pandemic and when there's a war going on in Europe? Just a stone's throw away. <laughs> yeah. We were a little worried, but I think once we finally got there, the worries kind of went away and everything was safe and we felt good. We had a great time. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, a trip to Rome, that's high on a lot of people's lists. So I'm glad you... This Is, is this your second time? Yeah, so I went when I was in college as a student and it was more... It was Yeah, it was a pilgrimage and also like almost an extension of a class. You know, I was learning about church history at that time. So it was almost like going and seeing it and learning even more about the saints that I was coming into and then stuff like that. So it was a great trip for that time in my life. But I think we were talking last week with some of the other teachers that traveled abroad. Like it's just different when you're in college. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, you appreciate it, but you appreciate it in a different way. And I think as an adult, like the amount of work that we put in to actually get to this moment, like as a couple, we've been wanting to do this forever. Even before we were married, it was a kind of a dream. Like if we ever got married, it'd be great to take a trip together. Um, so we were kind of telling people it was our honeymoon, even though it was like eight years later, <laughs> but it was really kind of like what we've been wanting to do. And it's, it was, it was emotional. I'm glad we got it to work out because it's just kind of the culmination of a lot of, uh, and it's us not- like battling through our vocation together and, yeah. and, and getting to this point where we can go do that together. Yeah. And, and Sel had never been. So I think it was cool just going with her and seeing her, um, experience that and something that she's always wanted to do. So. Yeah, that's, cool. that's quite beautiful to, to kind of enter into what is like, I mean, just such a spiritually rich historically, but just like as far as for people of the Catholic faith, like, I mean, just the depths that, that could be mined yeah. there. I mean, you could spend months there. Right? Well, part and of it's like experience at all. It's fun to take a trip like that, mm-hmm. you know, like to experience a different culture because she had been out of the country, but more like Central American countries where yeah. she still knows Spanish. So like it wasn't like a complete like change. I think going somewhere a little bit different was cool for her. And just like you're walking back in time. Like, yeah. I just, I love the idea of Europe and some of these countries because you just go and, like, all these things you've learned about, you're actually, like, walking through it and experiencing it. So, like, even just on a vacation-y thing, yeah. I feel like I've become more of, like, a foodie traveler, oh, like, over the home. years. So, like, that was kind of cool, actually, like, researching, hey, wait, where should I eat and what what should I actually eat? As a college kid, we were, like, where's the cheapest sandwich? Yeah. It's, like, me and my roommate. So, a little more, like, romantic, like, me and my wife going out and, like, having nice dinners and stuff. So, that was kind of yeah, it's a cool and, part. Yeah, and great to experience that. I love you, Seth, spouse. but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, when we were in France, Danny, Hajek, and I, we went to a subway. We had a subway to every country because it's like we had to like <laughs> yeah. we had to find a way to like get food but maximize our budget. It's like, well, yeah. we'll do a nice dinner later, but... There yeah. was a McDonald's right by our hotel, and we almost went like a couple times, but we, we stopped ourselves from doing it. Right. So that was kind of cool, and then just exploring more in our home. But it, like you said, it 
we went on it like as a pilgrimage. We went with a group of people and it was supposed to be kind of a spiritual trip where we're going and praying and experiencing things. So that was kind of cool. Um, pilgrimage, it, it's always been something in the church's history since like the very first days. Yeah. I mean, something that a lot of you are probably doing during the Stations of the Cross, like that was the original pilgrimage, right? After Jesus died, I mean, those first days, people were going to these places where he died and where he was buried and, and walking along this way and praying. And that's been something that's been so important throughout church history. Uh, how many people, you know, in the Middle Ages, like, gave up everything that they had really to be able to just go to the Holy Land once yeah. or go to Rome and visit these things. That was some of their penances, actually. The good old days. Could you imagine? What need Thank to... you for uh, confessing that. If you want to get your <laughs> full absolution, whatever, you need to go to Rome. So, yeah, that was kind of cool just to think about how many millions of pilgrims over the years have gone to those streets and oh, yeah. seen the foundations. But, yeah. I wish you guys could have gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that kind of cool. Nice that you took uh, Sella. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Uh, if, if any, especially like alumni, maybe recent alumni or parents mm -hmm. are ever interested in going, uh, just send an email to boyslunch1 at gmail.com. I can give you some information. Do it with a group. And if you're wanting to go with a group and a guy, I know a guy. And there's some, yeah, there are some great opportunities. I know um, some of the parishes in town have done that as well. I think Myrna puts on one to the famous passion play in Germany. And there's a lot of different opportunities to like make these kind of spiritual pilgrimages with people that you know, but also yeah. like to have an expert there. Like you went, um, Dr. Edward Shree, yeah, uh, Augustine Institute focus and, um, has written some wonderful books. Like to have that like depth of knowledge, I can only imagine. Cause like um, I'm a theology teacher. I can put some things together and be, Oh, that's the old Testament. That's the new Testament. That's a church right there. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the way he's able to even bring out even more that I wouldn't know, or just like little things that you wouldn't like, you need to go to the left of this church and go down the stairs and pay a non two fifty to get to the actual crypt. Like those little things that you might not know. It's good to have some type the of real like, crypt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, and Rome was just like it's open up. We felt very safe, like especially like pandemic wise. Like they were, they're a little more strict in the United States, but like because of the pandemic, we were able to just walk right into St. Peter's. Like normally you'd have to wait in a line for like an hour out in the square before you even get in. So that was just kind of oh, cool wow. experiencing Rome in a way where. We could just take in a church like all by ourselves, um, not in St. Peter. I mean, there's still people right. there, but so that was kind of cool. But anyway, I had a few talking points, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. About today, do you have any thoughts speaking with? No, I'm just just here to enjoy this with you. I hate being the guy that's like, let me tell you all about my trip. But let me tell you all. <laughs> like the kids are like, some of them are like, hey, you have a slideshow. I'm like, I just like, some of you might like that, but I know that some of you guys are gonna be like, stop. <laughs> like you don't need to show me these things. I don't know. Are you ever self-conscious about that kind of stuff? Like, I, I don't like talking about my life to people. Oh, yeah. It's tough. I, I know it's like there's a good balance in teaching. Like, you need to. You need to show investment. You need to share parts of your personal life because it means a lot to the kids. Yeah. But at the same time, you're also just like, I'm very worried about how this is going to receive. Is this story going to be as funny as I think it's going to be? Yeah. Do they care as much? Yeah. Or do you need to see the – like, we went over to like over 20 churches. So when I get to church, church 12, are they going to be like – You know what I mean? <laughs> click, click. Yeah. But there's just – that's like shows you how much is there. So I'm going to do a little bit of education, a little bit of more like what stood out to me, like theologically or like spiritually there. All right. I'm going to pour myself a cup of coffee and sit back. Let's do this. So in Rome, like I just, what I want to set up is like how cool this can actually be for a Catholic, especially during the pandemic. It really like, Sel and I talked a lot. And I think a lot of people just were, I don't want to go through life just missing out on opportunities. I think it showed a lot of just like how life can change and, and how short our time is here and to appreciate these things. Yeah, nothing's here. And this was such a trip that we wanted to take that I think the pandemic really pushed us into like prudently looking at this and being like, this is a good time for us to be able to do this. And just why it was so important. Like Sela really, and hopefully she doesn't mind me sharing some of this. 
like in prayer, it just really felt like I want to see my roots um, culturally, spiritually. Like I want to be able to not just go through my life stuck here in Central Illinois. Like I want to be able to experience, and we both felt like God was calling us to this. I think what was so cool about Rome is just finally getting there, walking to St. Peter's for the first time. Like she started crying and then I started crying because she was crying. It was just overwhelming. Like this sense of like, I feel home and I feel like I'm in such a sacred place with such a sacred story of salvation history that I'm still a part of, even when I am back in Central Illinois. Like it just felt so cool and it was overwhelming to experience that. But there's just so much in Rome. I don't know if people realize how many churches and how many saints were there. Like if you go even in three or four days, you can probably see 60 saints. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. And like some heavy hitters. It's not just like St. Sylvius, okay? <laughs> no uh, offense. Shout out, shout out to St. Sylvius. Yeah. I felt bad once we got to some of the churches and he's like, and uh, Pope Julius II is buried here. You're like, okay, whatever. Like, Which <laughs> <laughs> tell me the, the states when you get that. They're like, wow, like a Pope or a saint is buried here. That's uh, but in Rome, there's four major basilicas. Do you think you know? Nope. So St. Peter's is one of them. Thank you for not asking. Yeah. Uh, St. Peter's. Could have pieced that one together. Yeah. Which was just amazing, like just massive. Like I, I cannot describe to you guys. The pictures do not do it justice, and I feel like an idiot even just saying. It. I feel like the guy that I never want to hear say. Like you just cannot describe what it's like walking in there the first time. Just, and that's where one of the points I want to get to. And I think you can. You've been to nice churches before. Yeah. The idea of like theology and art and stone. Like when you walk into a church and you just feel awe. You feel maybe little, you feel like questions are arising. You feel like yourself is being transcended as you see everything around you. And that's just St. Peter's is just like, boom, right in the face. Not only just the history of it and the feel of it and everything, but it's just everything has meaning and everything is ornate and beautiful. So St. Peter's is one of them. Uh, St. John Lateran, mm -hmm. where the Pope's seat is. Uh, the heads of Peter and Paul are in St. John Lateran. Uh, it's where he speaks when he's speaking as cathedra. Uh, which is where we get a cathedral from. So don't say you didn't learn anything. <laughs> it's the seat of the bishop. So the seat of the Bishop of Rome is in St. John Lateran. So that's one of them. St. Paul outside the walls. Okay. I don't know. Your church. Uh, that's where St. Paul is buried. His tomb is there. He was executed outside of the, the walls of Rome. That's why it's there. And then the fourth one is St. Mary Major. Would not have been able to pull it's it. It's the principal Marian church of the world. Uh, built probably in the 300s. So very early on in, in Christianity beautiful church that was probably my favorite actually out of all of them. oh nice they have a part of the crib of the manger there oh all right. john Lateran has a part of the table from the last supper paul so the walls like i said has paul <laughs> it has like the chains that he was um imprisoned in so like a lot of them have these cool things those are the major basilicas and they are just amazing i mean there's just theology around everything i mean everything's intentional on in these like the, the way in which they're designed i mean i think they're done so in a way that is meant to not only draw your focus to certain things, but their spiritual nature, the reason for the, the purpose for these things is to like draw our minds and hearts to God. And, and they're done in such an incredible way. And I, maybe I'll jump ahead to my last point. That I was going to say like my takeaway when I went in, it's just something that we've harped on a lot the transcendentals of truth, beauty, and goodness. These churches just like, I don't, it's just hard to even explain when you walk in, obviously the beauty, the beauty captures you and takes you in and you're just in awe and you're just moved by the intricacies, the ornateness, the art, the beauty of it all, like the, the, the marble, the gold, the meaning behind it. Obviously, the beauty is going to, to, to make you think and to make you pray and to make you reflect and to move you beyond yourself. But I thought what was so cool was the truth element as well. Like you said, everything is intentional in teaching. 
In St. Mary Major, it has 42 columns. And the reason is it's tracing salvation history, the generations from Abraham to Mary. Like, it's all about Mary. There's 42 generations. Remember Matthew yeah. 1. Like even the number of pillars matter. Obviously, you have all the paintings and everything like that. But the theology in stone, them using this as a way to teach the people, uh, I think is something that we've missed within our churches. Like, even like St. Francis, like his his basilica in Assisi, it has the entire life of Francis around it. And there's meaning behind it. It's, just, it's supposed to teach you. It's supposed to teach you kind of the intricacies of the faith. I thought that was just so cool. Like the sound doctrine that you're even learning, like truth was just speaking to you through these images, through the meaning behind everything. And then I think the third thing I was surprised by, obviously the beauty, obviously you're learning from the truth, but like the goodness, it was just so moving being at the tombs of the people that lived such a radically good life and did poured out their lives for people. I think a complaint that some people have about the church is that they spend money on these churches. They're spending money on these churches to highlight the people that gave so much of their lives and what we should be doing. When I'm at the tomb of these people that lived and died with the poor, I'm inspired then to go help the poor. And I, why, why would you invest in all these things? Like, what, what would you say? Why would the church invest in the beauty of some of these churches? I think there's beauty in the simplicity. Yeah. Like one of our the people we were with was saying when they went to India, just seeing the faith of the people in like a dingy little church was so inspiring. It is all about the Eucharist. It doesn't matter necessarily about the surroundings. And I, I think there's something to that. But if there is anyone willing to spend money on to make beautiful for it, wouldn't it be the house of God? Yeah. To give if, honor that's due. I mean, people, they pour out, they, they, they give donations. They, they do this, these, I mean, I always go to like, even in the diocese of Peoria, you have these immigrant built churches. Like they built these ornate, beautiful churches and donated large portions of their lives. Not only their blood, blood and sweat within the, the construction of it, but their financial as well, because this is a, a place in which they want to see honor given to God. Like it, it mattered to them because it mattered and it's beautiful. And it's like, it's not about, it's this not, is our community showing honor to him. Right. And I want to be a part of that. And I want to give money to that, but I also give money to the poor. Right. Yeah. It's not one or the other. You're absolutely correct. And I think, yeah, people will see this, the ornate nature of it. And they, you, you can be super critical, but again, if this is something you deeply care about and you want to show honor, you, you want to have these basilicas that, that bestow the honor that is due to both God, but also the works of the saints and mm -hmm. the, the beauty of the church and what it's meant to order us towards. And a lot of it was built to teach people who are illiterate, who yeah. didn't have Bibles, who didn't have access to education. They could go to the church and get a lesson right there. You could see the images and the priests would use those in their homilies to describe salvation history, to describe the covens, to describe typology. To describe the lives of the saints like it was an educational tool and it's something about an ownership for everyone yeah. it doesn't matter who you are what class you're in that church is yours and you're able to experience good things or nice things maybe for the first time in your life you might not be able to afford a marble bathroom but you get to go and see the beauty within this church and you are part of that church like i think there's something to that and it's also like why can't you have both mm -hmm. why can't they build nice churches and help people out because they're doing that yeah. um, so i always thought that was kind of a silly and the church cares more about your, like, especially in middle ages, they care more about your spiritual health than your physical health. Yeah. And your spiritual health is going to be administered through the sacraments in that beautiful church that you were drawn to. Right. Where maybe you can go overboard. I get it. But like, just like we're watering down the faith, we don't need to water down, I don't know, our houses of worship. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I mean, I, it all, I mean, we t we've talked about it, the fact that we're both physical and spiritual beings and the fact that this, I mean, it works in unison with how we are, how we experience the faith, right? There's a reason that these, you know, you can have a whitewashed building mm -hmm. and that it doesn't mean that worship can't happen there. 
But when it is something of beauty that does work in cooperation with who we are as human beings, it, it only can benefit man if it's something that we do ourselves. We willingly, like people build these churches out of a love for mm-hmm. God and a love for their church, right? Not because they're forced to or obligated to, but because it's a pouring out of themselves. This is my gift back yes. for all that the people have done before. The reason that we have and are able to you know, rest on our knees before the tomb of St. Paul, right? In this beautiful place is because mm-hmm. the church has desired to do so on, on behalf of the work of Paul, but of the work of Christ himself. It just, it made you think everything we talked about a couple episodes ago about like philosophy and, and humans being drawn to something outside of themselves. These churches are houses of that. Um, even like there was a seventh grader that was on the trip and she kind of gave a little testimony at the end. She's like, it just like made me think about things like big questions and, and about God and my life and stuff like that. Like, yes, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like those, the blue ceilings with this guy making you try to imagine the cosmos, the grand order of things, or like I said, or just the intimacy of being close to these people in these tombs or the Eucharist itself. Like it was just amazing. So I think that was just something that struck me. Like this related to a lot of what we talked about. I just like watching these churches and experience the transcendentals, truth, beauty, and goodness. I think the goodness thing I was surprised by, like these churches were all built because of these martyrs. And it was so powerful going to the tombs and the martyrs and, and praying the creed that they died for. Uh, that was just so moving and, and inspiring. I want to mention some of the things really quick. So the four major basilicas, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. but even one day we walked around the city center area and, and this is going to be just a list of things that we were able to see and the people we were able to see all within one day. I'm just trying to encourage people to go to Rome. Yeah. Like if you have the means and you're Catholic and you really want to experience it, it is just a treat, a delight. <laughs> and one day we went to the church of St. Agnes where this early church um, young woman was martyred, has her tomb. So awesome, right? If you just did that, you'd be like, this is a great day. Beautiful church, St. Agnes. Right across the street, St. Monica is buried, the mother of St. Augustine. Um, just a great influence praying for her son's conversion. And there's a beautiful Caravaggio in there. Madonna no Pilgrims, <laughs> no big deal. Then we went right across the block there, a church with the calling of St. Matthew, the life of St. Matthew by Caravaggio, just right oh. across the street there. Again, I could have sat there. We were just in and out in like 10 minutes. You could have sat there all day just mm-hmm. looking at Caravaggio's life of St. Matthew. Went across the street again, the church of St. Mary Magdalene where St. Camillus is born. He was like the founder almost of the Red Cross, like mm-hmm. medical kind of things. Go across the street, the Pantheon, which is now a Catholic church. No big deal. Then go across the street again. Like These are all just like blocks from each other. Yeah. The church of St. Ignatius of Loyola, who's buried there. Not, not Ignatius of Loyola. <laughs> it's, very, it's very misleading. <laughs> Trick question. Aloysius Gonzaga, one of the first Jesuits. Oh, okay. And St. Robert Bellarmine, who our Newman Center was named after for a while. And then you go across, there's the Church of the Twelve Apostles, St. Philip and St. James the Less. Apostles, <laughs> buried there. I don't care if he is a lesser. <laughs> right. Then you go to the Jesuit, the Church of the Jesuits, where Ignatius of Loyola and Francis Xavier are. Are buried. Yes. 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 See, very confusing. And then Maria Sopra Minerva, where St. Catherine of Siena is buried. I'm sorry, was this all in one day? That was all in one day. That's nuts. And like to their tombs. Yeah. Like you can touch your rosaries to the tomb. You can pray for their intercession. Like that was all within one day just in Rome. Like there is so much history and there's so many people there. The catacombs, St. Clement, St. Ignatius of Antioch, St. Cyril. Go to Sisi. We saw St. Cecilia, which is a really important one. The, the church where Maximilian Colby said his first mass. I think that was like one of the most powerful moments uh, for me because I don't know if I'm going to make it to Poland. Yeah. It's another one of those things. I think this is something like be prudent, but go out and like experience these things. And pray through the intercession of saints here in Illinois because we can do that too. And they are your mm-hmm. friends. You can personally know them here. And one of the biggest takeaways is we saw some massive tabernacles. 
But that is the same Eucharist that we have here. Yeah. And to take advantage of that. And this Lent, to go on a spiritual pilgrimage yourself in your in your hometown, um, journeying to Christ in the resurrection. Visit some of your churches in town. Visit uh, Peoria. Go see Fulton Sheen. Yeah. There's some great things up in Chicago. Um, go to a grotto somewhere. Uh, I don't know. Like Go on some kind of spiritual pilgrimage physically, but also maybe just do a spiritual pilgrimage. Do a station of the cross. Um, go experience your church in a different way. You go there every every week. Epiphany is a beautiful church. Go in the Adoration Chapel and experience the art and beauty in there, but also the beauty of the Christ and the Eucharist. And for people who can't see this because we're not on YouTube yet, yet, um, no, that's probably never going to happen. But I mean, you can't see. I hope you can. I think you can experience it in the sound of your voice. But I mean, the man is glowing. I mean, as far as just like glowing. I think you'll be. I think you'll be mining in prayer what took place there. For yeah. years to come and some of that will never leave you right and the way in which you're speaking about this and like the genuine experience and transformation and and what took place there i mean it's evident yeah. which is just so beautiful to see um, just for me an outside observer so you can go to the vatican museum i don't know see the sistine chapel i don't ever heard of it <laughs> yeah. there's just so much you can do and uh, yeah i think sal and i are just trying to work through it like i i kind of gave her a hard time I'm, I'm sorry Sal. i gave her a hard time last night because like people are asking us and her response she's it's hard for her to have a response like maybe you've experienced that when you go on a retreat gone on a powerful thing a conference whatever and you come back it's hard to explain it to people i think it's good to take a break but right when you get back you realize how busy your life is and, and you're rolling and we're trying to get back with our kids and then get to know them again uh we've been gone for so long but uh yeah it's just hard to describe but i encourage that it, it, like i said this is kind of a sorry if you've been like dude just calm down but <laughs> if you want to do something like this please reach out to me i know there are parents that listen um the trip i was on it was a lot of um, couples maybe in their, their 40s, 50s, 60s that um, wanted to kind of reinvigorate their faith and relearn and, and experience things now that they have the time and maybe the money and, and ability to do that. So reach out to me. I can give you some information. Absolutely. All right. So anyway, thank you for listening to my long rambling uh, mess of thing there. But I was really excited. I didn't even get to mention, by the way, that uh, St. Peter's Basilica, you know who's there? John Paul II. Oof. John the 23rd. Big hitters. Paul the 6th. Gregory the Great. Those are Pope. Leo the Great. Gregory Nazianzus. St. John Chrysostom. <laughs> Need I go on? Dude. Yeah. And St. Peter. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we got a special shout out right now. I do want to first, before we do this, shout out to some people who visited last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Casey Intern come in, Josh Vogel, Brandon, um, Nathan, Alec, Nathan, <laughs> Connell. So thank you for all those people that came. Today we have some special guests as well. Ian Hornsby. Uh, Noah Kotlinski, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, sir. And uh, special, special guest, you'd like to say hi now? I, I want to give a shout out to Jake Maness, um, P1 listener. <laughs> Great guy. He's just been waiting on this episode for weeks. Thank you, guys. Got to admit, that's the first time anyone shouted out themselves. That was the voice of Jake Maness. Jake, we've talked about you a lot on the podcast. Anything you'd like to say to the listeners out there? The episodes don't come out on Monday. (laughs) Don't expect that to happen. When you're walking back from your 4 o'clock class on Monday, don't pull up Spotify and scroll to the top of Boys Lunch because you'll see the same episode from two weeks ago. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Well, thank you. you. Appreciate the honesty. But it's the truth. We always let you down. Yeah. For the kingdom. For the kingdom. For the kingdom. (laughs)